Today is August 11, 2019. Isn't this awesome? Brand new Sunday. God has given us and He's going to speak to us today. You know, our intern pastor, Eugene, he's going to leave soon. He's going to leave us here and he's going to... So I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> so I've been telling him today, you know, you can come back anytime, you know. But he's going to go for you know, seminary education for East Coast, Princeton Theological Seminary, which is, has histories and, I mean, awesome school. And so pray for him. And end of this month, he's going to leave. So uh, I ask him if he can preach uh, today and last week of the August. So he's going to preach, speak for us today. So let's welcome our uh, pastor, Eugene. Thank you for the introduction, Pastor Ken. <laughs> All right, so my sermon is uh, called Hope in Jesus, and the, uh, the passage is based on Romans 5, 1 through 11. I'm going to read it out loud to you guys. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also, but also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not push us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of God. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for just giving us this uh, beautiful Sunday to come together as a congregation, to gather in your house and to receive the word of God, Lord. I pray that uh, you just uh, use me to speak and give me the courage and boldness to speak and preach your words today, Lord. We, uh, we just lift you up and uh, we just love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, so as you guys all know, I... Um, Went to Europe for the past three weeks, and it was a it was a trip with uh, me and my sister. And while it was a wonderful, wonderful trip at times, being with your siblings at being with your sibling for three weeks sometimes can be um, very like very eye opening in a sense because you can uh, really see how your siblings really are. Because some, most of the times we see our siblings maybe a couple of hours a day, if if that at all, but. For me, during the whole trip, I saw her literally 24-7 for three, three whole weeks, and I saw a lot of things about her that, um, well, I don't want to say changed my mind about her, but she probably saw a lot of things about me as well that uh, opened up her eyes as well. But during those three weeks, I, um, while we were traveling around, we, didn't, we weren't able to go to a church, but during those three weeks, we were able to read the Bible together sometimes, and we did read the Bible together, and a lot of the times we were reading the book of Romans and 
while we were reading the book of Romans, we kept, uh, we kept talking about how it was a bit confusing at times reading it. And some of the stuff in the, in the book was, I don't want to say advanced, but it was, it was kind of advanced. And it was a little bit confusing at times. And, but while I was reading the book of Romans with my sister, I was really able to really reflect on my life and how God has worked in my life and how God has really worked and brought me to the point where I, where I am at now. And just really reflecting those past three weeks, I really saw how God has worked in my life, how God has uh, really delivered the, the promises that he promised me, and how he's really walked with me during um, my entire journey of uh, going to seminary and becoming a pastor. And also, while I was uh, reading the book of Romans, I was, I was also thinking uh, to one of the classes that I took in uh, APU called Romans and Galatians. And in that class, uh, my professor was talking about how difficult the book of uh, Romans was. And if you were um, a beginning pastor, you should definitely skip over the book of Romans and uh, choose not to preach on it. But as a beginning pastor, uh, um, you know, I, I decided to tackle it. And while, while it might not be the most clear, while it might not be the most theologically advanced, I believe a lot of what I'm preaching today is from the heart. So I think it will resonate with a lot of you. So... I have three points today, and the first point is called, the first point is we have, we have been justified through faith, but we can also see glory in our suffering. And so let me read that passage once again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. I like it says, therefore since, therefore, since we have been justified through faith. It doesn't say, since therefore we have been justified through prayer, or since therefore we have been justified through works, or, or since therefore we have been justified through our, our actions to Jesus Christ. But it simply says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith. And I think that's really, really important. And um, we got to first find out, what, what does faith mean? And Hebrews 11.1 1 really, really shows us what faith means. And it's Hebrew, Hebrew 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I think that's a perfect example of what faith is because a lot of times faith in Jesus we can't really see. Or we can't really, we've never really seen the actual risen Jesus Christ, or probably many of us haven't seen it. I don't want to say none of us have seen it, but I know for a fact I haven't seen the risen Jesus Christ in human form. And I know for a fact he hasn't spoken audibly to me. But I still have faith in who Jesus is and what he, what, what he represents and what he means to me. And I think having been justified through faith shows that our actions don't mean anything, but it's this faith in Jesus Christ that is what Jesus is looking for. And I think this passage really shows us as well that none of our actions can um, get this justification through faith, but it's just simply our, our putting our faith into Jesus Christ. None of our actions, none of our not praying more, not doing more actions, not doing more works for Jesus will bring us a justification. And it also points out that we can also see glory in our suffering. And it says in um, this verse, not only so, but we also have glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I think this is really showing that suffering, in a sense, can be a badge of glory for, um, for Christ. 
Suffering is in a way to show our, our connection with Jesus Christ because, because it is, it's evident from the world that it's full of suffering and physical, emotional, and spiritual pain and that all those things are an interest, intrinsic part of the human experience. And I think what's really important about being, being suffering for Christ or having a badge of honor for suffering for Christ is that the archetypal example of a person who's suffering is actually Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ is a prime example of someone who has suffered and someone who really knows what suffering is all about. And as someone who's suffered in his life, he understands what we go through when we're suffering as well. So when I say it's a badge of honor, when we're suffering, we're in a sense showing our allegiance to Jesus Christ as well because Jesus suffered and as we're suffering, he stands in solidarity with us as we're suffering alongside with him or he's suffering alongside with us. And Jesus doesn't just let us suffer by ourselves, but as we're suffering, he stands alongside with us and he suffers with us. So Jesus really knows what suffering is all about. And I think suffering in a sense is a badge of honor that we can wear to show our allegiance to Christ and how we are suffering alongside with him. And 1 Peter 3.14 says, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So Peter, Peter is also saying, do not, do not be afraid of suffering because you will be blessed for your sufferings. And like I just previously mentioned, we don't suffer alone, but Christ suffers alongside with us. And he fully understands everything that we we're going through. And I have a little example of uh, my trip in Europe of how I was, uh, I suffered alongside my sister and how that is an example of me being a good brother. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so me and my sister, we were um, going, going through Europe for three weeks and a lot of the times um, so we got kind of nasty with each other, you know, we're rubbing, rubbing against each other the wrong way, or maybe I use the restroom too dirty or something, and then she has something to say to me. But a lot of times we were just uh, arguing back and forth, and we were rubbing, against, rubbing up against each other in, um, in a way that wasn't the best. And during the one time we were in Italy, we were walking through the Vatican, and I, uh, there were all these tourists taking pictures in the middle of the like a middle of this fountain area. And it was a really beautiful fountain, a lot of people taking pictures there. And the, the walkway was uh, completely blocked with people taking pictures. So we got to this walkway, and I just walked around. And my sister literally just barges through the people taking photos. And she yells out loud, you can't be blocking the, the middle of the, the walkway. What do you expect me to do? And then I pulled her aside. I said, Haley, you know, that's really rude. That's really nasty of you to do. Why can't you just walk around? It's not really that big of a deal. And she just looked at me. She said, I don't care. And I said, well, what do you not care about? And she said, I don't care about, uh, I don't care about uh, walking through those things and being rude. And I said, why do you not care about that stuff? And she said, well, I've, uh, she literally said, I've been caring for people long enough. Now I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm just going to walk through the people. And I said, all right, you do you. And I just talked to her on the side, and she really embarrassed me by walking through the, walking through the, um, the people and saying that out loud. And it really embarrassed me. But I took it in. I messaged my dad, and I said, you know, Haley did this and that. And she said, <laughs> she said, uh, but he said, you know what? She's your sister. You know, you got you to gotta chama. You got you to gotta look after her, and you just got to talk to her. And I said, okay, you're right. As an older brother, I'll do that. 
And during the whole rest of the trip, I tried to be nicer to her, and you know, I toned down my words and I was speaking to her. But I think, just as a Christ suffers, suffer, suffer because you know <laughs> they go through the things. I, I suffered as a good brother because my sister was putting me through these things as well. So yeah, I think that is a that is one way that we suffer suffer together. So my point number two is. Christ died for us, though we were sinners. And the passage says, You see, at the just, just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I think a lot of times when we're going, um, going to Sunday school, when we're, when we're being raised up as early Christians or being brought to Sunday schools at when we were young kids, the main thing that we were always taught is uh, that Christ died for sinners. You know, Christ died for sinners. If you're, you guys are all sinners, and Christ died for, for you guys as sinners. And I think that's like the number one thing that we're taught at church is that Christ died for sinners. But I think that that phrase is said so often and without really much thought into it, you say it so often, really that phrase kind of... Uh, lost its meaning. What does that really mean? What, is, what does it mean that Christ died for sinners? And I think uh, when we really, really see what that means, you'll see how crazy that really, that really is because that means that Christ died for something he absolutely hated, right? So if God is God, then there's a devil. And if there's righteousness, there's unrighteousness. And if there's holy, there's sin. So I think the fact that God died or Christ died for sinners is showing that Christ died for something that he hated the most, absolutely hated. And if you really look at it that way, you can see just how much or how significant that, uh, that statement is, that Christ died for us as sinners. Because that means he died for us when, he, when we were the absolute worst of the worst, and he died for something he absolutely detested. But on the plus side of that is he died for something. He died for us, even though we were sinners. That means he loved us more than he hated sin, which I think is, which blows my mind as well, because Jesus or God truly, truly hated sin. And, and he hates sin so much, but he loves us even more than he hates sin. That's why he was able to send Jesus Christ into the world to die for our sins and to um, really atone for our sins and to really rebuild that connection to us and, um, and to God. And when you see, uh, you see that Christ bore our sins on the body on the cross and that Christ's suffering was the agony of being nailed to the cross and dying there. And his suffering for us was the bearing of our sins. And in a sense, it was that substitution. He bore them in death. And instead of, having, instead of us having to bear them in our death. So I got this from a commentary. And I think um, it really um, shows the meaning of what this uh, passage stands for. And he says, how can we now doubt of God's love since when we were without strength, either to think, will, or do anything good, we're utterly incapable of making any atonement for our transgressions or delivering ourselves from death of guilt and misery into which we were plunged in due time, neither too soon nor too late, but in that very point of time which the wisdom of God knew to be more popular, to be more proper than any other, Christ died for the ungodly. So the fact that Christ died for us when we were sinners really shows us how much God loved us. And um, yeah, God shows, it shows us how much God loved us and how precious we were in his sight. That he would, um, he would, 
save us over the thing he hated the most, which is sin. So it just blows my mind. And I also have another um, little story that goes along with it. I was on the airplane for a long time going to Europe, and I was able to watch a lot of movies on the airplane as well. And on the airplane, I was uh, able to watch a movie called uh, A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And I watched it for the first time, and uh, it, was, uh, it was an excellent, excellent movie. You know, I mean, I'm still listening to the soundtrack now, but it was, a, it was an awesome movie. And I think there was, a, there was a part in the movie that kind of highlights this example that I'm trying to show, that Christ loved us even more than he hated sin. There's a, there's a scene in the, in the movie where Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper are talking to each other. And uh, Lady Gaga starts talking about how she, uh, she never sings her own music because um, something like, uh, even though she sings her own music, sounds really good. All the producers would tell her, like, her nose is too big or it looks, uh, it looks, it looks too weird. Her nose is too big, so she doesn't want her, so they don't want her to sing her songs. And Bradley Cooper's just looking at her nose, and he's just looking, and she's like, are you looking at my nose or something like that? And he goes, yeah, it's a beautiful nose. And then he goes and he, like, touches her like that. And does some weird stuff, like, and then, and then he's just showing, oh, yeah, I really adore this nose. I mean, this, this nose is uh, really cool. I mean, she's <laughs> not really cool. But he's saying, even with this nose, I still think you're beautiful. I still think, uh, you know, you're this great person. You've got so much talent. And it's just, like, it's just like when God sees us, even though we have like this big nose, which is sin, he sees us and he loves us so much that it doesn't matter that we have this big old nose on our face. It doesn't matter that you know, we, don't, we don't look uh, maybe um, like we should, but God sees that nose, God sees our sin, he still loves us anyway. And yeah, he shows that through the death of Jesus Christ and uh, him bringing Jesus Christ to die for us. So my point number three is, Jesus' life is greater than his death. It says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his own son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? I think this, uh, this passage really is showing that Jesus' life is greater than his death. And a lot of the times when we go to church, we're really celebrating Jesus' um, death, Jesus' death and resurrection. But I just want to point out that Jesus' death and resurrection don't mean anything without uh, Jesus' life. What Jesus' life meant, the people that he uh, ministered to, the people that he healed, the people that he connected with, the people's lives that he touched, all those things give meaning and um, power to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus just resurrected without doing any of those things, he's just a man who resurrected from the dead. I mean, that's great, that's powerful, but what does that even mean, right? That doesn't really mean anything. He's just some guy who resurrected from the dead. But if Jesus, through his life, through his ministry, through his uh, sacrifice, through his uh, servitude, through his um, just love to all the people, that life is what's giving, his, uh, giving the death and resurrection meaning. Because without those things, yeah, those things are great, but it's his, it's his ministry and his life that is truly, um, I think, gives credence and meaning to his death and resurrection. So that's what I mean by saying his life is greater than his death, because I think it's, where it's, it's in his life that we see truly what Jesus is all about. And it, but through his death, we see the power and glory of God.
And we, we can also say that Jesus is the God of the living. Jesus, is, uh, Jesus uh, is the God of the living. He brings life and not death. And yeah, he resurrected from the dead, but Jesus' life and Jesus' uh, title is God of the living is uh, really, really poignant in that form. And I have a little verse that says, um, yeah, John 14, 12 through 14 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This verse was uh, actually spoken to me in a class in APU, and uh, one of my professors was asking, do you guys actually believe what this verse is saying? And um, a lot of the people in the class, they were, uh, they were thinking about it, and uh, no, none of them answered. But I rose my hand and I answered, and I said, yes, I believe. And then he asked, uh, he asked me, so you truly believe that you'll do, do, works, uh, do greater works than, um, than Jesus did on this earth? And I said, yes, I truly believe that. And he asked me, why do I believe that? And at the time, I was thinking, I think that because at the time, my understanding was that Jesus' ministry was uh, limited to, um, to, um, to Israel. And my understanding from this passage was that he was going to empower us to go throughout the nations and to be able to spread and to be able to show his, uh, to show his greatness. And because of that, I was able to uh, come to the conclusion that we would be able to do greater things because Jesus would be going into our lives and going with us and empowering us to do the works that he said he was going to let us do. And it says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So yeah, I think that verse is truly showing, truly telling us and showing us that because God will empower us, because Jesus will empower us to do his ministry, that we will be able to do we will be able to do greater things than he even did. We will, we will be able to do uh, miracles that he did, and we will be able to do greater things than he did, of course, with him alongside with us, though, not by ourselves. And so I have a little uh, closing statement. It says, we shall be saved by his life, by the res resurrection to life. Salvation is ascribed to the resurrection and life of Christ. So his resurrection and his life, we shall be raised to eternal life at that day. Amen. So let me pray for us. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just giving me this opportunity to share and um, really uh, to learn more about you, Lord. Pray that as we embark on this next week, you continue to uh, walk with us and uh, be with us and let us just live lives that are um, just pleasing to you and um, that is worthy of the calling that you called, called us for. We pray all these things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.